Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. The sun. It feels so good to be outside and enjoying our nice weather, but if you're not careful, too much sun exposure can cause skin damage and even cancer. What can be done to avoid serious skin problems now and into the future? Is it ever too late? Well, we've got some guests in the studio. We have esthetician Dawn Sunita and Dorothy Maurice, a physician's assistant at Kaiser Permanente. And we're going to be discussing the best way to protect your skin, to stay healthy, and also how to make all of us look a little younger if we've had a bit too much sun exposure over the years. Now, we'll be taking your calls in just a few minutes at 941-3689 on Oahu, toll-free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. But first, we have a couple of interesting events up and coming. Now, Hawaii is known for its beautiful beaches, and you might not know that here in the islands, people live longer, too. So what's the secret, and how can we all learn to take advantage of a greater chance at longer life? Well, author of the Okinawa program and longevity researcher, Dr. Bradley Wilcox, is on the line to tell us more. Welcome to the show, Dr. Wilcox. Hi, Dr. Kozak. I'm <laughs> pleased to be here. Good, good. I'm, uh, you're, you're currently working. Uh, <laughs> I as, am. Yeah, you are. I think you're on call for your group. So thanks for joining us and taking time out of your day. Now tell us, you're going to be participating in a really exciting event that's coming up uh, September 9th. And that's going to be all about the longevity principle and how can you live a long, healthy life and, and do well throughout your lifetime. Tell us a little bit about this and why should we be excited about it? Well, it's going to be a great event. Um, it's at the Doris Duke Theater, and it features uh, not just me, but other experts from around Hawaii. Wesley Lum of the Hawaii Executive Office on Aging, Colin Hayashida of the KCC Kapuna Education Center, um, Maylin Mauna Kea of the Mauna Kea Health and Wellness Acupuncture Center. Um, and it's, I think, going to be a pretty exciting event because each of those experts can advise us on different aspects of healthy aging. I'm going to talk about foods, exercises, compounds that might activate some of your longevity genes and some of the latest evidence on staying healthy for, for longer. So that's, that's where I come in, and I'm going to talk about some of the the research that we do right here in Hawaii, we've got some of the longest-lived people. In fact, we are the longest-lived state in the nation, and we've got some of the best research on aging, so the latest and the greatest. Well, now it sounds exciting. I'm wondering, is it ever too late to change your ways? You know, a lot of times people feel like, ah, I've already done all this stuff in the past. It's not going to make a difference now. But at any age, is there something you can do to help yourself live longer and healthier? Well, that's actually a really good question, and um, we published two uh, papers on that very topic. One was in the, in the Journal of the American Medical Association uh, a few years back that showed that if you avoided common risk factors, like you kept your cholesterol under control, uh, you kept your blood pressure under control, your blood sugar, you could improve your odds if you're a middle-aged male, um, and we think the same holds for females, but we happen to have a wonderful study on aging men here at, uh, uh, at the University of Hawaii and Kukini Medical Center and the Honolulu Heart Program. We showed you could Im improve your odds to live as long as 90 years by about five to six-fold. Pretty impressive improvements. 
we thought that study was real interesting. So we said, well, what about if you're in your 70s? Is it too late then? So we looked at the men as they got older, same men, and you could improve your odds of uh, living actually to 100 by uh, 10 to 15-fold by avoiding some of the same major risk factors. So no, it's not too late. So really, anybody who at any age wants to figure out what are some of these principles that they could incorporate into their daily living could really see a benefit. Maybe if they are already in their 60s, 70s, and even the 80s, there are some great things that they might be able to learn as being part of this longevity conference. Absolutely. Now, it's co-sponsored by AARP and also by Civil Beat and Huffington Post. And it's coming up on Tuesday, September 9th, 5 p.m. at the Honolulu Museum of Arts, Doris Duke Theater. It sounds like it's going to be a great event. If people want more information, where can they go? Um, they, they could uh, actually check the HuffPost website. There's a, uh, you can sign up at HuffPost. Um, HuffPost hilongevity.eventbrite.com, um, and that's probably the uh, uh, the best place to look. Uh, the event costs ten dollars. You, you get poo poos and a beverage for that. So, well, um, and you get to learn a lot about how to live a long, healthy life. So it certainly sounds like it's going to be a great event, and there's something in there for everybody. Exactly. So that's Huff Post H I Longevity, all one word. Dot event, bright, all one word, and bright is B-R-I-T-E dot com. Well, and you can also find more information at our community calendar on hawaiipublicradio.org. So thanks so much for joining us today, Dr. Wilcox. Happy to hear that you're going to be having this great event and hope to see you there. My pleasure, Dr. Kozak, and I'd like to listen to what the experts say today on your show because we do have a lot of sun in Hawaii and it's good to look young. So uh, I will uh, try to get off work early and do that. All right. We know we'll have a listener out there. I agree with you on trying to be careful with sun exposure. So thanks a lot, Brad, and I appreciate you taking time to be on today. Thank you. Now, in addition to living long and hopefully prospering, we have another guest here for our news uh, item this morning, uh, this afternoon, and he wrote a book that some people might have heard of called Optimal Health Naturally, which your doctor didn't tell you and your mother didn't know. Right here in the studio, speaking of living long, we also want to live healthy. We've got Dr. Curtis Takamoto Gentile, and he's written this book and wants to get the word out that there are some natural things you can do to help not only live a long time, but to help yourself to feel better even now, regardless of what sort of symptoms you might have. Now, Dr. Curtis, you did training through traditional paths like I did, medical school and residency. And then you came back to Hawaii and kind of took a look at the way medicine was being practiced and decided there were a couple of things that we don't look at in traditional medicine the way that some other folks might might look at, you know, the alternative uh, type of medication or medicines that people talk about. Complementary medicine is another way they describe it. What prompted you to put all this in a book and <clears throat> what made you look into these areas? I mean, I, I was almost, I spent nearly 10 years in academic medicine, and um, the question that stuck with me for my patients was the question, why am I sick? Um, and many of those, those conditions, I didn't have a good answer for it. It's like I could, de- I could diagnose what you're sick with, but when they're asking, well, well, you know, I have this rheumatoid arthritis, but I was healthy 10, 20 years ago. Why do I have it now? 
And I found that the question was uh, appropriate, but I felt very ignorant how to answer that. And so it led me to a complementary medicine to look at uh, why do people get sick, and which led me to writing this book. And I spend most of my time in my practice um, looking at patients' medications. Some of it is over-medication. But for many conditions that I would consider beyond my skills as a family doctor, I would usually refer them out to be a dermatologist or rheumatologist or gastroenterologist. It turns out that uh, it really is two things that I've learned best from my autistic children. One is we have too many toxins that's making us sick, or we're missing a nutrient, a deficiency that actually is causing the illness. And approaching patients from that perspective, I've found that uh, 80, 90% of the time, I'm able to reverse the disease process to where the patients are actually healed and back to their healthy life. And that, that are th- th- these are diseases that normally um, I would just write prescriptions for, things like migraine headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, colitis, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus. Uh, even osteoporosis is reversible naturally. And uh, that's in my book in the 10 chapters, the 10 most common things that I see in my office on a daily basis. And I decided, oh, you know, I should put it into print because I was getting tired of telling people verbally over and over. And I said, just read the book. It's in chapter 9. It'll answer all your questions about this problem. So do you feel as though traditional medicine, that being what I might do in my office, what people who go to medical school and, and residency training might do, do you think we're still kind of missing missing the answer to that question, which is, why did I develop that? I mean, over the last few years, we've sort of looked a lot more at lifestyle. And, you know, there's one thing to take cholesterol medicine when your cholesterol is high. It's another thing to stop eating things that cause high cholesterol. I mean, at some point, we do take that look and say, what Mm -hmm. could you do naturally? But Mm -hmm. do you think we're still kind of missing the mark on that? I I believe so. And I think it really goes back to not even in medical school education, if we think about it. I mean, I think I had maybe three to four hours of lecture in, in vitamins, primarily to pass the board exam. My daughter, who just graduated from medical school, she said she had a total of six hours on nutritional vitamins. Um, for most of us, are, you know, at least for myself, speaking as a physician, I was very ignorant when it came to vitamins. And um, I had to re-educate myself by going to a workshop, a seminar in the mainland to learn what, what is vitamin C, what is vitamin D, you know, why do we use vitamin E, and... Um, it was quite a remarkable discovery to to realize, wow, I was really missing a lot of information in my original medical school education. And I, there there is so much more information now, so much more inf- uh, research to support the things that we can do naturally. Uh, and um, it's it's just not getting out there. And I think we're we're very inundated with learning how to make the correct diagnosis and very much uh, pharmaceutical driven or surgical driven. Now, how would people access some of this information? Where can they get more information about some of these areas that you speak about with learning more about vitamins, learning more about other sort of holistic or all-natural treatments? Where can they get more information about that? Uh, Well, with the Internet nowadays, all the information is so accessible. I mean, um, people can just type a disease and vitamins, and you'll get page full after page full from the Mayo Clinic, uh, WebMD. There's a lot of internet sites that uh, that has tons of information and research regarding natural things that patients can be proactive about doing to keep themselves healthy. Uh, there are organizations like TACA for the autistic children, and they're very informative about uh, 
testing that should be done for the child, uh, nutrients, diet programs, and so forth. They, they have it. Uh, they have a wealth of resource that uh, community people can actually tap into and get free information. Now, how would someone know if the information they're getting is appropriate or not? I mean, sometimes you go to different websites and you hear about all these different things that kind of sound good, but maybe too good to be true. Mm -hmm. You just mentioned some websites that are fairly reputable. You know, you look at Mayo Clinic, you look at John Hopkins, you look at Cleveland Mm -hmm. Clinic. A lot of these big major medical centers have websites that are geared to promoting information that, you know, is just free to the public. How do you know when you get to a good website versus when you get to one that maybe not so good? You know, it's they're all good website, and I think they all mean uh, they mean to do well. Like even Doctor Oz has his website, and I have patients coming in with um, literature and information that they've gathered from either his TV show or from newsletters. And I think the best advice is that if you have information that you've learned from the internet or from an outside source, to really discuss it with a physician or have the physician directed to somebody uh, who's an expert in that area that could answer the patients to work with the patients together as a partnership in their health. I think that's really the advice that I usually give to my patients. Find information, but bring it back to me, and I'll work with you to see if this is right for you. Well, and that's a really important word that you just used, the partnership, because we used to go from a fairly dictatorial type of medicine from 50, 60 years ago. Doctor says you do this and then you you just comply. Mm -hmm. And now we really want to engage people in a conversation Mm -hmm. and develop that partnership. Now, you've mentioned uh, the book that you were that you've authored and that you have a lot of uh, patient study, patient case reports in. But you also quote a lot of medical studies. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that sometimes we don't see as often is actually looking at the research that's in New England Journal, Journal of the American Medical Association, and taking a look at really the results of that and applying it in a way that might make sense if you were looking at things from a complementary or alternative medicine approach. Often we don't have data like that. So it's very nice to be able to read that and to, to really understand that. And it's very easy to read and very easy to understand and comprehend. Mm-hmm. Um, now, where can people get a copy of the book? Or you do have an upcoming uh, free event that you are going to be providing at Mamiya Theater at Chaminade. I think it's September 6th, you mentioned, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. That's a Saturday. So what are some of the things that you're going to be talking about at that event? And will people people be able to purchase your book there? Yeah, they'll be able to purchase the book there. I'll be there for autographing the book after the, after the event. And I'll be spending uh, about an hour and a half discussing the, the 10 topics uh, in the book, uh, sort of like getting the cliff notes uh, verbally. And so I'll go the shortcut method and kind of hit the highlights of each of the chapter. And, you know, it begins with food allergies, a lot of chronic conditions that we struggle with, IBS, for example, colitis. A lot of that is actually food toxins. And uh, so I'll cover what that means and how, how that's tested, like a blood test for IgG antibodies. So I'll, I'll go over some of the details, but it's I found, I've done this several times, and I found that um, it's the Q&A quite at the end. I usually give a 30-minute Q&A, and the questions are uh, very intelligent and well thought of and very informative for everybody to participate in. So that's the fun part. I really enjoy the Q&A portion. Well, and that's nice that people might be able to hear something and then ask you a question right there in person. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, even for those folks who are a little too shy to ask a question in mm-hmm. the audience, there's always somebody who wants to know the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you might learn a lot from the way that people approach things. So it sounds like it's going to be a great opportunity for people to really take a look. Are you doing enough naturally to help control your medical symptoms? And that way you don't have to rely on prescription medicine. There's a role 
for prescription medicine, but maybe not as much of a one as we've been looking at in the past. So it sounds exciting. Now, you can get more information on the community calendar. You can also, on hawaiipublicradio.org, you can also have folks call the office. How could they do that? They can call 955-1544. They can speak to any of my staff, or, or they can ask for Chris who uh, is overseeing this, and he has information about the event um, and uh, any of the questions that they may have. He can get the questions to me. Great. Fantastic. Maybe questions in advance for your Q&A. Yes. Sounds like a great idea. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Curtis Takimoto Gentile, for coming on today, talking about optimal health naturally, what your doctor didn't tell you and your mother didn't know. It's an exciting book, and I had a chance to go through it uh, when it first came out about a year ago, and it really does have a lot of things that I think traditional medicine is moving closer towards, taking that personal responsibility for health for an individual, but even for the person themselves, really understanding understanding and hopefully coming to an answer. Why? Why did you get that particular problem? Perfect. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thanks for being on today. I appreciate you sharing a wealth of information that people can access right here locally, how to live long and how to live well. Now, when we come back, we will be talking with our guest today for the main portion of the show, esthetician Dawn Sunita and Dorothy Maurice. She's a physician's assistant at Kaiser Permanente. We're going to talk about sun sun damage, how you can avoid it. And if you already have some, what can you do about it now? Is it ever too late? You can join our conversation at 941-3689, toll free from our neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. I'm Dr. Kathy Kozak, and we will be right back here on The Body Show. Stay with us. I'm Ryan Ozawa. And I'm Bert Lum. Next time on Bite Marks Cafe, we'll dive deep into the ocean and learn about corals living at the bottom of the sea. Researchers at the Bishop Museum will share how a new rebreather device can help them reach such great depths. That's next time on Bite Marks Cafe, Wednesday at 5. with good reason, a portrait of Patrick Henry. It's often reported that Henry would rise as he would give these speeches. He would physically become larger. People would say 20 or 30 years later, I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember every word that man spoke. I'm Sarah McConnell. Join me for With Good Reason. Thursdays at 6.30 on Hawaii Public Radio. Aloha. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show, and we just heard about some exciting health events that are going on to help us live a long time and hopefully feel healthy while we do it. But, you know, we're going to be talking today about the sun because that's part of feeling healthy and enjoying outdoors. How often do you look at some of the visitors in Waikiki and elsewhere and kind of know immediately, ooh, who's got burnt in the sunshine on their vacation? You know, I see it all the time. I'm afraid I don't want to be one of them. And yet we know it's not good for the skin when you get a bad sunburn. And not only can it cause premature signs of aging, but it can also lead to skin damage, even skin cancer. So sun protection is the key, along with a bit of help from science as well. We've got some guests today. We have esthetician Dawn Sunata and physician assistant Dorothy Maurice. And she's at Kaiser Permanente. They both are, and they're in the studio And we'd like to hear from you if you have any history of skin problems or you found something that works for you. I found that just not going out too much in the sun is pretty helpful. 
But if you want to join us, you can at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands 877-941-3689. Dorothy and Dawn, welcome to The Body Show. Hi there. Thank you for having us. Now, tell me, sun exposure, how bad is it? Well, you know, the sun is good for a lot of things. That's okay. the reason why we can live on Earth. <laughs> True. And Grows Dr. Plants. Curtis says vitamin D. Yep. <laughs> yes. Grows plants. I mean, it's wonderful living here in Hawaii in particular because we have beautiful weather. And um, it does help with a lot of depression and sundowning. However, if you have excessive sun exposure, it can lead to premature aging of the skin, brown spots, wrinkles, skin cancers, which is on the rise. So we definitely want to protect ourselves and uh, get that sunscreen on, have long sleeves, hats, sunglasses. And a really good thing to do is simply avoid the sun during the peak sun hours, 10 to 3 or 9 to 4 in Hawaii, roughly. So if you're avoiding the sun and avoiding the exposure, do you still need to consider if you're driving in your car, even though you're not technically on the beach in the sun, you might still be getting some sun exposure? Absolutely. UVA radiation, UVB radiation, both from the sun, um, depending on what you have on your glass in your car and how thick your glass is, it will and can penetrate through the glass and onto your skin. A lot of times the patients that I see have lots of sun damage on their left side, sunspots, skin cancers, their wrinkles on their left side, which is the driver's window side, with the sun coming through the window, they'll have more deeper wrinkles on the left side. And you'll actually see that physically. Absolutely. And so a lot of times when we're doing treatments for wrinkles, such as fillers like uh, hyaluronic acid, more commonly known as Restylane or Perlane or Juvederm, we'll have to put a little more on the left side to compensate and create more symmetry because that sun is actually coming through the glass window for 30, 40, 60 minutes at a time, depending where you're driving to and from. And we do have a bit of traffic here. (laughs) Just a little. Okay, so traffic is the issue. Now, you mentioned some of those brown spots. And, you know, how if you already have a little natural pigment to your skin, maybe ethnically, you know, your family has the, the unique benefit of already having a little bit of a tan, does the sun bother you as much? Yes, not as much, but it still does bother. We still see melanomas in all skin types. Um, you know, you're, if you're blonde-haired and blue-eyed, you have a much higher risk, but it does still bother. We do still see tanning. We still see sun damage. We still see sunspots and wrinklings. And How do you, well, and it sounds like, you know, just because you have a natural tan doesn't mean you're protected. When you talk about some of those brown spots, how do you know which ones you worry about? We, um, I mean, I'm looking at some brown spots right now, and I'm thinking, <laughs> boy, I, I got a couple of brown spots. How do you know what ones you should worry about or what ones you really don't have to? So basically, the scary um, type of skin cancer is melanoma. And there's the acronym ABCDE, which stands for A for asymmetry. One half does not match the other half. B for irregular borders. C for different colors, especially red and black. You definitely want to get in and be seen quickly. Um, where are we on? E for elevation or evolving. And D for diameter. Yes, more than six millimeters. However, you know, on most people, sunspots are naturally occurring freckles. They're usually symmetric and they don't look scary. But if there is a family history of melanoma, we definitely want to get seen quickly. What about our friends, the basal cells and the squames? Uh, the basal cells will look 
um, the basal cells will look shiny, pearly, kind of like a little bubble, sort of, most of the times. And squamous cells will be ulcerated. They could have flakiness to the skin. It could be an area in the skin that just heals, but then it comes back to being a little wound. And then heals, it kind of, it can go through that cycle. So you think it's gone, and then it comes back. Yes. And what if you peel it, and then you cause trauma, so then it starts to look kind of not so nice. Right. And then sometimes it heals up, but then it comes right back. So anything on your skin that looks red and inflamed is usually not a good thing. Anything on the human body that's inflamed is usually not a good thing. Now, let's talk about sunscreen. Uh, Dawn, you work with people who want to help to make sure that their skin looks as youthful as they feel. That's a nice way to put it, right? Right. So we we look as young as we feel, which would make me really want to feel a lot younger. So in that sort of situation, how often or how important do you feel it is that people use sunscreen on a daily basis? And if so, does the sunscreen SPF number make a big difference? Well, the SPF number, as long as it's a 30 or higher, you're good. What you want to look for is your ingredients. You want to look for zinc oxide and titanium dioxide. Those are physical blockers. They'll sit on the surface and deflect the sun. So that's what you want to find. A high zinc content is super important. So how do I find that? So I go to Long's or I go to Walgreens or wherever you want to get your sunscreen. How do I know which one has zinc oxide? Because there's a lot of different new sunscreens out there. In fact, you know, a few years ago, we saw the standard 15 and 30 suddenly become like 100 and and 120 and all these great SPF numbers that made me feel like I was getting so much more protection from the sun. But in actuality, that may not necessarily be the case. So how, how do you find the zinc oxide and which ones do you, when you think of it, which brands or which which ones immediately come to mind? Well, um, a popular brand that we carry is Ulta MD. Unfortunately, you're going to find those that line in doctors' offices. So more of the cosmeceutical lines are stronger, higher zinc content. Of course, you can find it at department stores. You know, the labeling is very, uh, very bold. Now you're going to see the zinc oxide content in there. Or there's also the broad spectrum, helioplex. So if I see some of those words on there... I can feel better. Yes, definitely. Now, when we mention broad spectrum, we're talking the UVA and UVB. Mm-hmm. And what is helioplex? That is a, it's a technology from, from Neutrogena, I believe. Okay, and is that some way to make my sunscreen more effective? Because, you know, I'm a little pale, as you can tell, but not on radio. I'm a little pale. And I want to go out in the sun, but I, I don't know if I can. How can I go out in the sun and, and not necessarily mess up my skin? Dorothy, how can I do that? I think just by doing very basic things. Uh, I mean, we want to enjoy the beautiful climate that we have here, we, the beautiful ocean, the mountains. We do want to get out there. We're not saying live in a cave, don't do anything fun. Get out there, but just be very careful, very basic things, wearing a hat, sunglasses, sunscreen with zinc or titanium as a physical blockers, as Don had mentioned, a long sleeve, long pants. And all of my friends who are probably listening and laughing right now, they know how ridiculous I look when we go to the pool, per se. I'm covered from ankle to wrist with glasses and with a hat, but I'm still enjoying the pool. I'm still enjoying the surf. You know, it's, it's just a matter of trying to cover, and when you're done surfing or swimming, And then, you know, then you can be in your fun little clothes and hopefully just in the shade at least with sunscreen. (laughs) And do you reapply sunscreen pretty often? Absolutely. Um, If you're looking at sunscreen that says water resistant, 
those are usually pretty good and heavy, not cosmetically elegant that you'd want to wear every day. So those are usually about 80 minutes, 90 minutes. So it's a great idea to try to reapply every two hours if you can, 90 minutes if it's possible. Now, they always say when you reapply, or when they say when you put on sunscreen, don't wait until you're out in the sun to put it on. But if you're already out in the sun and reapplying, you just, you got to do it. Does it make a difference? It absolutely makes a difference. I mean, you'll see, you can just do a simple um, test yourself, reapply on one arm and not on the other, and it will show up pretty quickly. Um, I don't know if I necessarily want to patch test myself. <laughs> you know, one arm being dark, one not. I don't know. We've got a caller on the line. We've got Jock from the North Shore. Jock, welcome to the Body Show. Thank you, Doctor. Yes, I'd like to know if, indeed, uh, the zinc oxide is the best element uh, as far as efficiency in blocking the UVA and UVB rays. Uh, I've, I've been told that that's all, and at my doctor's office there at Kaiser, they had a graph that showed exactly that, and so I'm a little afraid, and because of not only what I've heard, but uh, also from from what it feels like on my skin for these a lot of these commercial sunscreens, they have all these elements in there. Some of which I've been told are almost worse than not using sunscreen at all. But uh, I, I use a product called Loving Naturals that I show my dermatologist at, at Kaiser, and it has like twenty four percent zinc oxide as compared to the Elta, which I've used and it feels good because I'm a roofer and a surfer. But the Elta doesn't have as much zinc oxide, so it should. I, as a general rule, you try to use sunscreen that have the maximum amount of zinc oxide in it. That's a great question, and you brought up something else, Jock, which I want to bring up, which is your daily activities are outside. And we have a lot of people who work outside, whether it be in the tourism industry or like you do in the roofing industry or in the construction industry. They're out in the sun all the time. You know, for them, it's not an office job. They have to be outside. So that's a really good point. How much zinc oxide do you need, and is 24% a good percentage? I have, I have no idea. What, what do you think, John? I think that's a great amount for him to have because he's he's out there exposed constantly. Like, a, you know, for us, we don't need something that heavy. I don't, I don't want to be that covered with zinc. But for him, he's going to need that protection. And 24% is really high, and that's great. But he should be reapplying too. Uh-oh. Jock, did you hear that? Reapply? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, I do. I was in Australia some years ago, and your skin will tell you, if you listen to your body, that it'll that itch, that it tell you, you know, oh, that stuff you put on this morning, that's not enough. Please give us some more. But, How uh, does your skin uh, tell you that, Jock? What do you notice? Uh, a burning sensation, like burning sensation, a tingling, you know, that, and not really a pain, but uh, the burning, you know, a slight burning sensation, like, you know, you've got a, a slight sunburn uh, starting to appear again. So you feel it, and then you reapply, and yeah. that takes care of it for you. All right. That sounds good. It sounds like you got a yes on the zinc oxide. Yep, that's the best one, and you got a yes on the 24%. And so I think you're, you're doing exactly what you need to. Yeah, I appreciate your doctor's advice on, on keeping a very close eye on, on the different kinds of, of cancers that you can have. But one thing I'd like to add, possibly, when you advise for people to wear a hat out in the sun, you see a lot of people out there with a baseball cap. Would strongly advise uh, you know, for people that are out in the sun uh, at a moderate time to, to use a, a more wide-brimmed hat to protect your temples as well as the front of your face. Good point, Jock. You've really thought this one through because okay. you're right. A baseball cap doesn't have that wide brim, and you may not get that sun protection on the sides of your face like you think oh. you were. No. Thanks All for right. your help, Docs. 
Absolutely. Thank you for calling. If you've got a suggestion or you've got a question regarding sunscreen or something that you're concerned about about your skin, we might just have an idea on where to go for an answer. You can join us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands 877-941-3689. I'm here in the studio with esthetician Dawn Sunata and Dorothy Maurice. She is a physician's assistant at Kaiser Permanente, and we're talking about all things skin. Now, Dawn, you mentioned that 24% is pretty good. So what is the average percent when we're talking about zinc oxide? Um, I think you should be at least finding a 7% to a 9 or 10%. That's great. That That's perfect for everyday use. And then, of course, like Dorothy was saying, you should be reapplying every two to three hours. Okay. And, Dorothy, tell me, when we have people who use a product that is not zinc oxide, some of the other types of sunscreen ingredients, avobenzone, oxybenza, something I can't pronounce, that's on my (laughs) active ingredients of my sunscreen, is that harmful? Are there some concerns about some of those other sunscreen ingredients? Well, there's basically it's categorized in, in two sections. You have the physical blockers, which are the zinc oxide, titanium dioxide. So just the keywords would be zinc or titanium. And then you have the chemical sunscreen blockers, such as avobenzene, uh, helioplex, and so on, so on. We, working at you know Kaiser, seeing so much skin cancers, uh, we know that the harmful effects of the radiation of the sun is very real. And when we're not protecting our skin from the sun, we see surgeries after surgeries of getting rid of basal cells, squamous cells, melanoma that is on the rise. And, you know, the skin is the largest organ in your body, so you definitely want to protect it because it's like having a grape and putting it in the sun and turn it turning to a raisin and turning rotten. <laughs> and now we're trying to reverse that sign. It's just so much better to protect it, keep it in the shade, do your activities, live your life, enjoy what you know, God has given us on this beautiful planet, but just protect it. It's just very simple. It's an easy way to avoid skin cancer. Um, So sunscreens in general, if you wear it, that's excellent. If you wear it something with zinc or titanium, even better. But we're not saying, you know, don't wear any sunscreens that don't have zinc. Just wear anything that will get on your skin, that you feel good about it on a daily basis. Reapply if you're out and sweating. So the... Physical blockade sunscreens, probably a little bit better than the chemical ones, but anything is better than nothing. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We've got a caller on the line. We've got Harry from Kailua, Kona. Harry, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you. I just wanted to point out that there's an area in your ear, the guy was talking about wide-brim hats. Okay. If, If you put your finger in your ear... The part of your ear that's directly under your fingertip actually points straight up. So the sun coming down is, is directly on a perpendicular surface. And I have had precancerous conditions on both of my ears. I use a product called Clorac, and uh, they lit up like a firestorm when I put it on it. So I put sunscreen there every time now, and I wear a white rim hat like the tops of your ears and that part and the inside of your ear points straight up to the sky. The sun beats right down on it. Nobody thinks to put sunscreen there. 
It's a good point, Harry. Sometimes we forget exactly where are the most common locations where people might get sun exposure. And, you know, it's funny because I've heard that before. One of the most common places that men forget to put sunscreen is on their ears. And women, if they have long hair, sometimes it covers the ears. But if you pull it back like we often do at the beach, sometimes we forget about that. And so areas in your ear and the top of the ear towards the inside all very important. So it sounds like you've learned some good lessons by unfortunately having some of those precancerous lesions. But great advice, Harry. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today on The Body Show. If you've got a question or you've got a comment or some suggestions, where do you apply sunscreen that most people wouldn't think about? You can give us a holler, 941-3689. Toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Now, I'm curious, uh, Dorothy, when we talk about melanoma, it's not just in areas where the sun is most visibly exposing someone. There's other areas where you can get melanoma that people don't think about. What's the weirdest place you've ever heard of melanoma? I would have to say, um, well, not the weird. Well, I guess I would, on the, the skin, finger, we'll say. Yeah, okay, on, on the um, fingertips. And I've known someone for a long time, and always told her, "Wow, I think you need to get that black spot checked out." And it did turn out to be a melanoma, skin cancer. And this is a a girl of Hawaiian descent, a Polynesian skin. And it was actually a melanoma. So that is, you know, that is incredible that, and she didn't have any genetics. They didn't have any family history that she knew of that had melanoma. So it does occur and it does um, spread pretty quickly. And so unfortunately, you know, even though you think you have a natural tan of protection, maybe not so much. Right. Now, you mentioned that sometimes the sun can cause premature signs of aging. You mentioned wrinkles and brown spots and things like that. Dawn, what can we do about those things? I mean, you know, if you see wrinkles, is it too late? Is there a way that you can kind of reverse them? You know, you talk about, in the scary thought, the grape to the raisin, right? So how do you turn a raisin into a grape? <laughs> Dawn, what do you do? Well, when, when people come to me, they, of course, you want to be preventive. Um, the best investments definitely are good sunscreen, and I always tell people they should be on a vitamin C serum. Not, not all vitamin C serums are the same. You want to look for that pure L-ascorbic acid, and you want to make sure that they do these companies that are promoting these products do extensive research on live skin. Because they would not? Oh, yeah. They can test it on... We'll just talk about other things. <laughs> so so you mentioned vitamin C. Is that sort of a way to reverse some of the sun damage that people may have? Or is that more to reverse wrinkle changes in the skin? And where can I get some? I want it right now. Well, I um, have live skin. Let's put some on. <laughs> but but where do I, why would I, why would I want vitamin C? Well, the vitamin C, can, so they can also reverse, but basically these are more preventive measures. Um, but it. I've seen it do some corrective as, as well. Um, most popular brand that I'm, I know of is SkinCeuticals. Um, it's amazing what it can do for your skin. I, I get people coming in using the products for a couple of weeks, and they are just floored by how wonderful their skin feels, looks. It's incredible. 
And so there are ways to reverse some of those wrinkle changes just when I thought it was too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. Well, that's good. Although it is sometimes too late if you're not careful with your sunscreen and you're out in the sun too much. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. We're trying to keep our skin protected today. How are we going to do that? Well, we've got some wonderful guests in the studio. We have physician assistant Dorothy Maurice, and we have esthetician Dawn Sunata from Kaiser Permanente. And when we come back, we're going to talk with some more callers and figure out what are some of the other ways that we can protect our skin. And as always, I'm going to put them both to the test. Best wrinkle cream out there. You got to wait to hear that one. All right. You can join us at 941-3689. Toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. There is no shortage of bad guy hackers. Hackers who do good, though? I demand low supply. You know what happens. It's really amazing because nowadays you can get a job without a high school degree for six figures if you know how to hack. I'm Kai Rizdal. A few good hackers next time on Marketplace from APN. This evening at 6, right after The Body Show. Hello, I'm Helen Sini, host of Deutsche Welle Radio's Inside Europe. Each week I'll bring you up to date with what's going on across the Atlantic. Along with the news, our reporters around the continent will provide you with a taste of the cultures and personalities that make Europe such a fascinating place. So join me each week for a journey inside Europe from Deutsche Welle Radio. Friday afternoons at 4. Aloha. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Remember, everything we talk about doesn't replace a visit to your own primary care provider. I'm here in the studio with Dawn Sunata and also Dorothy Maurice. They are both practicing at Kaiser Permanente, and we're talking about staying sun safe for our skin. And we were just talking a little bit about different types of creams that you can use to kind of reverse those signs of aging, kind of reverse some of that sun damage, SkinCeuticals being a brand that Dawn mentioned. We've got a couple of callers in the line. Sounds like they're excited to hear more. We've got Albert from Kula. Albert, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, thank you. I have a couple of questions, your opinion. What would it be like to use the Helioplex-based sunscreen first and that sort of dries off on your skin and then use the um, the other type, the blocking one on top of that. Also, I learned an opinion about uh, the effects of aloe vera, the healing effects that there might be there. Great question. So if you double it, does sunscreen work better? And how come everybody always says after sun exposure, put on aloe vera? Great question. So, Dawn, if you double your sunscreen, what does that do? If you put one chemical and then blocking or blocking and then chemical, twice as nice? Not necessarily. I think you want to make sure you find a good product. And there are sunscreens that are going to have both your physical and chemical blockers in there. So they mix them together themselves. Oh, yes, yes. So you could put it on Mm -hmm. or you could have another chemical that or another brand that has chemical and physical. Yes. And then if you did both... Just make sure you apply it regularly, even better. Well, better than nothing. Anything to say that one is better than the other if you were to apply them uh, one after the other? Neither, no real sense to do that? I, I don't think it really makes a difference. I mean, what they recommend, though, is that you should be using a teaspoon for the face 
and a shot glass for the body, which is quite a bit. I don't think anybody realistically is going to put that much. But knowing that that's how much you should be putting on, that's more important than anything than layering. So if you choose physical versus chemical or both, just make sure you apply enough. That's yes. really the key. Yeah. Okay. And then aloe vera. Why they have that is like that after sun treatment. And they always say, you know, some of it comes into like the green little gel stuff. Is that good? Dorothy, is that good? And why? I think if if you have sun damage, it's just great to moisturize. Whether you're using any kind of moisturizer, some people want natural only plant-based, some, you know, uh, Vaseline for wound care is what we recommend to our patients who are having minor surgical procedures um, and not necessarily antibacterial uh, ointments. So Vaseline works great. Any kind of moisturizing lotion, any way to hydrate the skin. So when you've been out in the sun and you've gotten a sunburn, your skin is dry. Right. And so you want to moisturize it. You want to moisturize it, keep down the inflammation. Inflammation is the beginning root of uh, actinic keratosis, um, which is a a precancerous lesion, kind of reddish, flaky, lots of red vessels. It can uh, develop years with sun exposure, chronic sun exposure. It can develop into a skin cancer. So we just want to keep that inflammation process down. So if you've gotten sunburn, aloe vera, good idea. Moisturizing agent, good idea. Don't let it happen again. Yes. Okay, exactly. that's the key. All right, we've got Cleo on the line from Honolulu. Cleo, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, Doc. How are you? Fabulous. How about yourself? Doing pretty well. I actually got quite a bit of sun today. Uh oh, were you uh -oh. wearing sunscreen? <laughs> so, so I was, but I absolutely hate the idea of cream. Um, and so I've actually started doing something different based on advice from a few friends. Um, instead of doing the cream, I'm just taking zinc tablets, um, eating a lot of zinc. And I was just wondering, you know, are there other sorts of tablets that I should be taking? Are there foods that have zinc and titanium that I should be taking? And kind of in what doses, and how often? Well, it's a great question, Cleo. Unfortunately, I don't think ingesting zinc is going to be the same as putting it on topically. So that's the only problem. Is but that in terms of, like, I guess what's the marginal sort of difference? Because I guess just the cream thing, like, for whatever reason, it somewhat irritates my skin, and so I'm trying to find alternate ways to still get protection. That's, that's a great question is, you know, what if cream, what if you have some kind of a reaction either to the ingredients or to some of the inactive ingredients in a cream, what are your other options? And that's, that's certainly something that I bet you're not the only person out there having trouble with. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious, Dorothy, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine who's a dermatologist came to visit and said, I have this great, it looked like a roll-on and it was like some roll-on sparkly thing. And I went, I don't want to sparkle. And she said, ha ha, <laughs> it's zinc oxide. It's actually topical and it's a powder and it actually provides a physical barrier. So it wasn't a cream and it was something only, fan she's a dermatologist, only fancy dermatology people knew about. Um, and it was not actually a cream. And they do have sprays now. So so is there something that, you know, when you think about those preparations of zinc oxide, is there anything that that is not a cream? Like, Absolutely. Where did I get this fabulous roll-on? And I want another one. <laughs> Absolutely. We have um, the aerosol spray that comes in a six sound. It has zinc. It's a spray-on. I love that product. We also, um, it's just a great way to be protected. And for our caller in today, you know, wearing a good, um, sun shirt, sun protective shirt. They sell that at Costco. Uh, it doesn't have to be a rash guard, which is tight and fitting. It's nice, loose, breathable. I mean, that's what I get from my husband when he's working out in the yard is a long sleeve. He just throws it on. He doesn't have to put on any creams. 
just get that sun shirt on. And so that's an easy way as well. There are powders that have zinc oxide powder, and it is pretty. I mean, not that a man would want to be pretty per se. Well, you never but know. But I mean, I was all sparkly, and I thought, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere exciting. But it was actually zinc oxide in this kind of roll-on powder form. So there are ways to get something other than a cream. There are sprays. There are powders. You just got to investigate. Yes. Um, a good brand is Sunday Afternoon. They have a whole brochure. It has all different color-coded long sleeve shirts. They have golf shirts. And it looks pretty decent. It doesn't look bad at all. And it's a great way to protect your skin if you don't want to put anything on your skin. So physical barrier, shirt or something like a hat, yes. and then other barrier, powders, sprays, if you don't like cream. So, you know, if Claire doesn't like the cream, we've got alternatives. Yes. Okay, but ingesting zinc, taking it orally, I haven't heard that that's sun protective. No, there is some kind of pill. I think it's called Helio. I forgot what it's called right now. Um, but, you know, the best thing to do is protect your skin topically. Cover it, whether it's an aerosol spray or clothes. Okay. All right, I wish there was a pill. I mean, I almost wish, Cleo, that they developed one so that I could go out in the sun and not have to wait until like 5 or 6 p.m. <laughs> or when it's like raining, literally raining. And I'm like, let's go to the beach because, you know, it's raining and no one else is there who's smart. So anyway, all right, Cleo, I'm sorry I don't have a good other pill for you, but there are some other options uh, that you can consider other than creams. Okay. We've got Mika on the line from Mililani. Mika, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, thank you very much for taking my call. Thanks for calling us. What can we do for you? Well, um, I guess my question, and a, a little bit piggybacks off of Cleo's, but for those of us who are kind of looking to to remain as much as possible in the natural realm, uh, do you have any suggestions for natural sunscreens? I know that titanium dioxide is a natural um, product, but not when combined with other toxic uh, or potentially toxic ingredients. I know that Shea butter is one of them that has sunscreen um, abilities, but and, and I myself have allergies to some minerals like titanium dioxide and such. So I wonder if you had any, any suggestions for natural sunscreen. Another great question, Mika. And, you know, you were talking just a few minutes ago, Dorothy, about ways that you can get sun protection that you don't have to apply on your body. So like not every white shirt is going to protect you from the sun. Some of them actually have in the fibers protection against the sun. Is that true? Yes, absolutely. Um, you can look for specifically SPF and it'll say, you know, sun protection factor in the clothing. Like I had mentioned, Sunday afternoons have a whole brochure of different type of clothing, hats. You can also pick up a spray that you can, it's, it will make any clothes that you have sun protective, you spray it on your clothes directly if you don't want to put anything on your skin. Uh, getting back to what is natural, yes, zinc oxide is a natural min, uh, mineral as well as titanium dioxide. Those are naturally. And if you look at over-the-counter products, it'll say pure, you know, natural, and it would usually be the zinc um, or the titanium or both, which are, are great. But they, there are alternatives. Uh, the spray, you would just spray it on your clothes and it'll protect your clothes for a few washings, I believe. Well, and, and Mika, here's what I'll tell you. So I went to Maui, and so smart, I didn't bring sunscreen. Not no. such a good idea. And so I went to one of their stores that they had, and it was like an all-natural, uh, it was almost like a Whole Foods in the middle of 
Maui somewhere. And it wasn't really Whole Foods, but it was one of those like down to earth kind of places. And they had a whole section of all of these all natural sunscreens. And so, you know, of course I bought a nice big one because I didn't think about the three ounce rule and can't bring it in your carry on. So it got taken away. But while I was there, I used a whole bunch of it. There are some ways. And if you go to some of those stores, even like a GNC or a Whole Foods or a down to earth or, or, you know, there used to be an Omeke market. If you go to some of those places and look at their sunscreen section, they will have some of the all-natural alternative types of treatments that you could consider that could be topical, that could be for your clothes, or that could be something that will help to suit your request for all natural, but not necessarily be chemical. So there's options out there. And there's a great one that I bought and then didn't look at the ounces and oops. Um, But, you know, I know that there's a place in Maui that has it. So hopefully you'll be able to find some places closer to home, but there are options for you. So I hope that really helps answer your question. We have got another caller on the line. We have got Isabel from Kauai. Isabel, what can we do for you today? Hello. Um, Hello. Well, my daughter's expecting a baby in about a week, and I was wondering what's the best thing to do to take care of an infant that you have outside. We're farmers, and so we're outdoors most of the day. Oh, that's a good one. Safe sun protection for babies. you got to start early. What do you think, Dawn? Well, most sunscreens tell you to wait at least till the child is six months old. So for a baby, you want to do like those uh, items that Dorothy has been talking about, that Sunday afternoon brand. Fabulous. They have cute little hats. You can cover them up. Um, Other than that, you don't really want to be putting any type of chemicals on a young child. So up until six months, I don't know, Isabel. Yeah, you want to be more Physical barriers. Okay, and keep uh, umbrellas over them and that sort of thing. Exactly. Those UV umbrellas are wonderful. They cut quite a bit of that heat away from you, too. All right, so natural options for you, Isabel, hopefully, and congratulations in advance to your daughter on Kauai. Okay, we had a shy caller who wanted to know, Dorothy, do tinted windows work? If you just tint your windows, is that kind of good? Can you keep some sun out that way? Absolutely. Tinted windows definitely helps, um, especially if you get the reflective... um, I think it's called the titanium tint, and it does definitely reflect. It's much better than having clear glass. Um, Are you allowed to have that these days? I mean, driver's side, windshield, I don't know if you're allowed. I don't know what the, there's a percentage, I think not more than 20% of tint is legal. So you, I, I'm not quite up to date right now on that. But, <laughs> All right, um, I don't know yeah. what's legal, but I don't think we can probably say, but my skin doctor said so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so talk to the tinters, find out what's legal, but more tint is better than less. All right. And we have Star calling from the Big Island. Star, welcome to the Body Show. Aloha. Aloha. My concern that hasn't been addressed yet is that what I learned, chemical sunscreens need to be applied to the skin with no nothing else to get in between, no other skin lotion or anything to let it work. It needs to get into the skin to stop the sun's rays, the chemical ones. That's why I like the blocks. I figure I put the block on, I'm good to go. Um, I worry about those chemical sunscreens. My second problem is with the spray-on sunscreens. I swim in the ocean often. I see many of our wonderful tourists spraying on the sunscreen, which blows away in the wind, and then they go directly into the ocean. And I, I think they're losing their protection. 
Well, I agree with you, Star, because not only are they losing their protection, but I wonder, what are we doing to the coral and the wildlife with all of our sunscreen? Well, actually, I could do that beef also. <laughs> That's totally my beef, but um, because this is a skin program. <laughs> I understand. But I always wonder, I'm like, what are we doing, you know? So we talked just briefly about it. and We said, you know, what do you do if you're supposed to reapply your sunscreen and you're supposed to apply it and not necessarily do it while you're at the beach in the sun? You kind of have to let it absorb. And then the spray ones, there was actually a couple of concerns about those. You know, what if you spray it? Are you now flammable? There's a question about the flammability of some of the spray sunscreens as well. So always a lot of concerns about those. I'm kind of with you. If you can spray it, that means it can blow. And if it blows all over, you know, I don't know if you've ever tried it. I tried it once. I'm like, I swear I tasted it in my mouth. It was kind of gross. So I'm with you, you know, and I think it'll be an interesting question, Dorothy. Chemical sunscreens, what if you put on another body lotion? Do you got to wipe that off first? Could it potentially affect the ability of chemical sunscreens to work? Um. Yes, because if you're putting it on lotion, your skin is already slippery and it's not being absorbed as much. I mean, the, the, the point of putting on sunscreen is letting it sit on your skin for at least 30 to 45 minutes. It won't get in your eyes. You know, hopefully it, it does not. Um, but you want to have that at least be on your skin and not just jump right into the water, as, as she had mentioned. That is an excellent point. Is that just for the chemicals, not the block ones? If I put on a block titanium, is that immediate? It It is pretty immediate just because it's a physical blocker. It's actually sitting on, on the skin and it's reflective. But we definitely, as much as possible, if you can, you know, there's sunscreens that have a beautiful um, moisturizing element. It has antioxidants. It's already mixed in with a, a chemical or a physical blocker. So those work very well anyway because the companies have already worked out that process. Well, and now what if you're out in the sun a whole lot? There are some things you can do about it. If you get a whole bunch of brown spots, whether they be freckles, whether they be areas on your skin that you don't want to be brown, there is something you can do. Absolutely. There's many things you can do. Um, the the main uh, gold standard of treating brown spots, but first it needs to be diagnosed that you're not treating or trying to treat a skin cancer is uh, using prescription cream, prescription strength, either by your physician, physician assistant, nurse practitioner. Cream such as Retin-A, which would make you more sensitive to the sun, you definitely need to wear sunscreen. Also, the gold standard would be hydroquinone 4% or melquin 4% with um, sunscreen always and sun protection. Other latest, greatest technologies would be the -the state-of-the-art lasers. We have thousands of lasers out there. And they work very well, giving a lot of uh, good clearance of brown spots and signs of aging within a week. You'd you know have some minimal downtime, maybe crusts or scabs, and then a beautiful photo rejuvenation as long as you stay out of the sun and keep sun protected. So there's the lasers there. There's the prescription creams. Uh, there's just there's chemical peels. There's uh, microdermabrasions to help the skin to look younger. And don't do these things at home on your own. <laughs> I mean, I see these ads and I think, wow, I can do my own dermabrasion. I don't think I really want to do that. It sounds like, you know, I really appreciate both of you for sharing your expertise on the show. Protect your skin. If you don't and you make a mistake and you're out there too much in the sun, use some kind of hydrating lotion, aloe vera or something, Vaseline to try and protect your skin. And if you are interested in some of these other aesthetic changes, then certainly see a professional. And Dawn... 
I would see you as a professional. I don't want to be doing my own home derm abrasion. I'm afraid of what I would do. I want to thank both of you for being on the show with us today. Today we had esthetician Dawn Sunata in addition to physician assistant Dorothy Maurice. They're both from Kaiser Permanente. If you want to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on Facebook. Our engineer is David Chong, our executive producer, Beth Ann Kozlovich. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week. We're going to have to do some more stuff on Sun, ladies. Have you back. But we'll see you again Monday at 5 on The Body Show. Woo!